smartcast you're listening to a hindustan times production brought to you by hd smartcast welcome to season 2 of our podcast kicks for free in which we discuss all things football i am dhiman and with me is my co-host vivek messi Argentina threw to the round of 16 after a 2-0 win over Poland on Wednesday night. Alexis McAllister scored in the 46th minute and Julian Alvarez scored in the 67th. to cap off a convincing victory against a Polish side that never really threatened. Argentina must have had some anxiety at the end of a goalless first half after Lionel Messi's penalty was saved by Borussia Szczesny, but it was very comfortable in the end. Diman, I cannot recall Emiliano Martinez having to make a save yesterday. Yeah, because Poland were up against it from kickoff and yesterday was the first time Argentina really showed why they have been unbeaten for 36 games in a row. This was the first time in the World Cup that we saw what Argentina are capable of. Poland really never had a chance. Poland really never had a chance. They were defending with 10 people. So, Szczesny had 10 outfield players pretty much uh, within 30 yards of him. And uh, that is how the game stayed for most of the time. I think Poland had one penalty box penetration in the first 20 minutes. And hardly thereafter, they did have a chance in the second half. But uh, really, I mean... Uh, Lewandowski was so starved of supply that even if he wasn't there you wouldn't really have missed him. Uh, the only time people noticed him was when he he fouled Messi and then uh, patted him, you know, that was deep in the uh, I think that was close to second half stoppage time. So so yeah, they were never really in the game. Right, right. Both Julian Alvarez and uh, Enzo Fernandez who done well against Mexico. Both of them were rewarded with the starting place yesterday and uh, they seemed to really fit in all the argentina players were impressive but i i thought alvarez and uh, alvarez in particular looked very good up front didn't he yeah he did and i also quite liked how dipol played and uh, you know dipol is very important to argentina's scheme of things because he takes a lot of pressure away from messi so if paradis and dipol would do that paradis has not been having a good world cup he did not he was not there yesterday but dipol came into his own in yesterday's game and of course what you mentioned you know alvarez and uh, fernandes did have a good game yesterday it means that you know it also shows the kind of strength in depth that argentina have lautaro martinez does not get to start dibala has not played a minute of this world cup it was yesterday that argentina showed why they came to the world cup thinking that they have a chance to win it the world got to see it yesterday they did and the way they took it to their stride uh, lionel messi missing a penalty i read somewhere that he's possibly the only player in the world to have missed two world cup penalties now i don't know whether that's true or not but uh, imagine going into a game that you need to win imagine then lionel messi missing a penalty and it's so easy for the team to collapse but this is a strong unit this is a unit that believes in the collective scaloni has created forged that kind of bond they did not give up they stayed calm they went into the second half doing what they were doing in the first knowing as they say you know trusting the process knowing that it would yield dividends 
and yield dividends it did very early. Of course, they were helped by that 68 seconds goal. But if you keep believing in what you're doing and if you think you're doing it right, it usually works out, you know, in life and in sport. Uh, I read on Twitter today that uh, Mario Kempes had missed a penalty in Argentina's third game in the 78 World Cup and Maradona likewise in 86. So, I don't know whether that's a good sign for Argentina. Yeah, look where both of them went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, (laughs) such interesting coincidences. I I also read yesterday, I think on Twitter it was that the last time Poland qualified Hmm. for the, um, got out of the group was in 86. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that is right or wrong, but uh, and we all know what happened. Yeah. I think that's right. I saw that too. The last time they made it was 86. Uh, Poland have progressed despite the defeat. Their lack of fight, was it a bit disappointing? As you mentioned, Lewandowski too was in his own half for most of the game, I think. And it almost seemed as though they were relying on Saudi Arabia to not concede more goals against Mexico than do something themselves. Uh, Which is what uh, the coach said at the post-match press conference. He came to the post-match press conference and when the FIFA media officer asked him for his thoughts on the game, he spoke and he went on speaking. And then he said that, okay, now that I've said all this, you don't have anything else to add. I'm thinking, let's leave. But then he took a few more questions, whatever. Now, he seemed to suggest that they had really prepared. The bench had prepared. They were worried about seeing a yellow card from the bench. They were worried about... You know, the, there was a late yellow card in the game and they were they were thinking that, you know, if, because the yellow card countback also comes in because that is how uh, Japan made it out of the group last time at the expense of Senegal. Uh, so, they did come into the game thinking that, you know, if we lose, let's try and damage control and let's see if we can still get through. That was their plan. And as the coach also said, if Lewandowski was playing for Argentina, then he would have scored five goals yesterday. So, the thing with, uh, if you cannot feed your striker, then uh, whether he's there or whether he's the Ballard Dior owner, winner and whether he scores goals for fun or whatever, it really doesn't matter. You've not been able to supply balls to him. And as a Polish journalist was telling me the other day, you know, Poland have two players. They're one in front and one at the back. I mean, the rest just make up the numbers. And while the one in front did not do much yesterday and has missed a penalty in an earlier game. The one at the back kept it respectable. He, I think, made at least four saves, including that penalty. So, Argentina could actually have run up a tennis-like scoreline. So, Poland looked very happy to have got out of the group, which is fair, really. I mean, given the fact that they haven't done that, given the fact that they are a young team, it's not bad. They went into the game uh, being the only other team, apart from Brazil, to have kept uh, a clean sheet in two games. And that is what helped them. I think there was an Argentine journalist who read out a few stats to the Polish coach yesterday. Saying, you know, the Argentina played 875 passes, you played 52 passes, whatever and all that. And the coach replied, but look, we made our own luck. We beat Saudi Arabia. You did not. Maybe you should be playing Saudi Arabia often enough, more often. So, it's okay. I mean, the World Cup is about planning. Credit to them that they took into their stride a Lewandowski penalty miss in the first game. They could have won that game. Uh, they didn't do much in that game, but they could have still won it. So, a Lewandowski penalty miss uh, they took in their stride. They beat Saudi Arabia, which could have been a difficult team because they came into the game having beaten Argentina and, you know, that huge support. It could have been intimidating, but they kept the calm and they did. So, they did their business. I mean, they did not go into the game against Argentina thinking that they would win. 
So they did their business. And I think they're very happy to have gotten out of the group, even if it meant with the performance uh, that they came up with yesterday. From Group D, meanwhile, France and Australia have progressed to the round of 16. Uh, Australia beat Denmark 1-0 and uh, making it to the next stage for the first time since 2006. Uh, Diman, you were at the Australia-Denmark game. Uh, Australia win was well deserved. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Denmark looked very flat. And it was surprising because they, they started off quite well. Uh, they started off quite well, you know, using the width of the park and they getting their wide forwards to bomb up, getting their uh, fullbacks to move up. They started quite well. But uh, a goalless first half and then they became strangely listless as the match went on. Even after the goal, even after Australia had scored the goal and that had given them a fair amount of time to sort of come back, the only person who really looked urgent was who was trying to convey a sense of urgency was Casper Hulman on the touchline. Because the team seemed to be, you know, very listless. Hulman said that at the press conference after the game, that we've had a very good 2021, we've had a very good 2022, till we came to the World Cup. And I really have to look for answers as to why this happened. So, Australia's win was deserved. Australia wanted it more. Australia were hungrier for this. And the win against Tunisia convinced them that they could go for it. Again, you see, Australia took to the game thinking that nothing's going to happen. If they lose, it'll still be one win after 2010. Uh, it's still a good World Cup. So they went in more gung-ho. And Denmark did not really bring, except, except for snatches in the game against France, when they equalized especially, uh, this Denmark team has had a very underwhelming campaign in the World Cup, uh, which is surprising given the quality of the players and uh, given, you know, uh, how they made the Euro semi-finals last year. So, Australia did deserve to win, yes. Uh, France, meanwhile, they've topped the group, but they were very disappointing in their 1-0 uh, defeat to Tunisia. Didier Deschamps did not start the likes of Mbappé, Griezmann, Dembélé, Rebio. And the second string side was well below par. As soon as the top players came on after they went a goal behind, you could see the step up in level. And there was drama late on in the 90th minute, I think, when uh, Antoine Griezmann scored to seemingly level the scores. But the goal was ruled out for offside. France have historically struggled in the third group game, at least in recent editions. Uh, Deman, it is a short tournament. Uh, isn't it important to maintain the momentum? Or do you think uh, it's, it's like getting a bad game out of the way and... Uh, it doesn't really matter. A bit of both, I think. I mean, it is also important to rest players because it's a short tournament. And I attend so many press conferences that it all gets muddled up. One of the coaches yesterday, it was either the Poland coach or uh, Graham Arnold, I don't remember, who clearly said that, you know, where's the time? So, today you play a game, then you need at least, definitely need 24 hours, ideally 48 hours to recover. And then there's another training session and you're playing. So it's important to rest players when you can. And insofar as the momentum thing is concerned, well, when a, a team like France, you know, they have so many proven performers that you kind of think that the momentum is not going to go away if you don't play a game. I mean, think of the France had already qualified. Think of what would have happened if there was an injury to one of those players yesterday. 
So it is always good to try and rest and plan this. And and yeah, get a bad game out of the way because the knockouts are going to be a different beast. It gives Mbappe a little more time to get ready for the knockouts. It gives Griezmann and, and you know, these are uh, Habio who's had, a, who's had a good tournament, I think. Yeah. And who's run a lot. So so it's also the kind of effort that you put in in your games that that makes a difference. So I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. I mean, a defeat is something that is best avoided. But uh, these players are, you know, mature enough. They've won a World Cup. They know what it takes to win a World Cup. So I don't think France is going to be overtly affected by what happened yesterday. Right, right. Uh, you could say as soon as the likes of Mbappe and, and Griezmann came on, there was a, there was a like a drastic uh, improvement in the, in the level of performance. So yeah, it's uh, called quality, I think. Yeah, yeah, right. Neman, uh, coming to today's games, there's a huge game for Belgium today against Croatia, uh, while Canada take on Morocco in Group F. Uh, Belgium need a victory against Croatia in all likelihood to qualify. They've been listless so far, Neman, uh, but. Uh, Against Croatia, how do you think they'll shape up? They have been listless. I mean, they and Denmark are two teams that have been surprising uh, in this competition in how flat their performances have been. Now, now that said, this is a team that has so many proven performers uh, that they might just bring their A-game to the World Cup. I mean, I remember 2006 uh, in Germany, France started poorly. And after the draw against South Korea, I think it was in Leipzig, and Zidane has been suspended for one game. I had asked Raymond Dominic, you know, is this the end of the road for France? And Dominic had looked at me, fixed his eyes on me and then had said that, uh, are you a pessimist? And then France turned things around. What I'm trying to get at here is Belgium also have the potential. The thing is, uh, Croatia have got into the group after an ordinary start. They pumped in four against Canada. They have been looking good. It should be a good game, really. And if Belgium do not improve several notches, I'm thinking, they're going home. It's as simple as that. Uh, There have been murmurs of a rift within the Belgium camp. But I think Eden Hazard tried to brush those rumors aside and said that they're focusing on the last game. We'll have to wait and see whether they're able to step up today or not. When things don't go right, uh, Vivek, uh, these things come to the fore. I mean, uh, if Belgium had won 2-0 and 1-0, maybe these problems would have still stayed and nobody would have been talking about it. Uh, So, at the end of the day, this is a team game, okay? And 26 players don't really have to be the best of friends with each other to get a job done. It is a job at the end of the day. You and I may not like each other, but it is a job. We have to do a podcast. We do a podcast. So, it is about also being professional. So, I really do not make much of the... Much of such reports, you know, one player is not speaking to the other. Yeah, so what? Hmm. I mean, if they're not speaking to each other, if they are not being professional enough to ensure that they're not pulling their weight, it is then that becomes a problem. You don't really have to be best of friends to to function uh, properly as a team. So, so frankly, I mean, those dressing room stories serve as clickbaits for me, frankly. And then... 20 years later, one of these people are going to write a tell-all book about it. And then that book, that those stories will be used to try and sell the book. But frankly, how do we know that everybody in the 1970 team were thick as thieves for the Brazil team? How do we know that you know Beckenbauer was not first among equals in 1974? How do we know that Cruyff did not run things and uh, you know it was important to get along with Cruyff to be in the Holland team? How do we know that Messi, yesterday Scaloni said, I will not take off Messi till such time. 
as Messi says he wants to be taken off. Okay. So there are obviously first among equals in teams. There is obviously a hierarchy. Some people don't get along with each other. Some people do get along better with others. Uh, you know, everybody in that group of 26 cannot be uh, as thick with each other as as everyone else. It doesn't happen that way. So frankly, I don't make much of those stories. But that said, it is undeniable that what Belgium is doing on the pitch has been very underwhelming. Right. Right. Uh, let's move on to Group E. Japan take on Spain while Costa Rica face Germany. Devan, it seemed like the Asian teams were having a very good World Cup when Saudi Arabia beat Argentina and Japan themselves beat Germany. But uh, I think Japan are now the only Asian team in with a chance of advancing and they have their task cut out against uh, against Spain. Yeah, I mean the Costa Rica game was a bit of a bummer for Japan and it kind of stunned them because they they were controlling that game. It was an afternoon game and I was there and they were controlling the game. They had a fairly decent support. The stadium was packed. Uh, the players started out by exhorting the fans to back them and the fans did. And then the goal happened. I mean, it was a sucker punch of a goal. Now, Graham Arnold made a very interesting point yesterday. He was asked, how is Australia going to celebrate? And he said, everything is going to be the same. No social media and then somebody asked, you know, what are you going to drink to celebrate? And he held up a bottle of water. So, and the point he was trying to make was that, you know, Japan and Saudi Arabia both celebrated their wins and look where it took them. He was not being critical of uh, either team, but that was a suggestion. So, maybe Japan... Through all my interactions with people, they have always said that, you know, we've learned a very hard lesson. Let's keep our feet on the ground and all that. I don't know if they did that, but they were expected to do beat uh, Costa Rica and really seal the deal. Now, that would have made two Asian teams in the round of 16 and we would have had a good Asian World Cup. Now, it is possible that only uh, Australia will be the survivor among six Asian teams. This was when we had more teams than Africa. Because Qatar was uh, one of the teams as a host. And given Australia, how Australia had qualified uh, in a via playoff, and as Graham Arnold said yesterday, you know, we were probably the last team you'd be thinking about when you think of an Asian team making the round of 16. So Japan did mess up their lines against Costa Rica. And that said, their coach sounded very confident after the Costa Rica game. He had said that we've come here to win, qualify after three games, not after two. And we are confident that we'll beat Spain. It is also possible that Spain is going to rest a number of players. Now, it will also be a test of Spain's strength in depth because, you know, for the same reasons as France rested players. So, it could be an interesting game. And and if Japan do pull out a rabbit out of the hat like Tunisia has, then uh, it will be a World Cup for Asia, really. Uh, Germany, for sure, will be hoping that Japan don't pull any rabbits out of the hat because they need, yeah. I think, they need Spain to win and uh, so that they can go through. Uh, the Germans did seem to come into their own uh, towards the end of that Spain game. They'll need more of the same against Costa Rica. They have. They, they will take a lot of confidence from that game, of course. For sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, you're, you're trailing Spain. Then you come back. You could have actually won against Spain. So, obviously, they're going to take a lot of confidence from that game. They have players with enough experience to be able to brush off the defeat against Japan. Uh, They've got a field goal now. So, against Japan, they, sc- they scored of a penalty. So, all things are good. Costa Rica have been defending really deep in their games. Now, if they can do that and frustrate Germany for long, who knows? Because Costa Rica's game plan has been very simple. They 
try and defend, they sit back, it's a low block, and then they try and look for a counter. And if it, usually on a counter, what happens is you leave a lot of space because you're already pushing men up to, to sort of get that goal. And if you manage to get through on a counter, then, then the game changes completely. So Germany will really have to impose themselves on Costa Rica to be able to break out of that. Having said that, they definitely have the personnel to do that. Uh, and, you know, by, by the end of this uh, day, we will see whether from this group, arguably the toughest in the World Cup because it has two World Cup champions in, in one group. I mean, of the 21 titles, these people have five. So from that group, whether these two go through or is there a surprise? We'll find that out tonight. That was it for this episode. If you want to reach out to us, you can find us on our Twitter handles at Vivek9301 and at DemanHD. If you're a true football fan, you cannot not subscribe to Kickoff, our weekly newsletter on the world game which hits inboxes every Friday. For more updates on this podcast, follow HD Smartcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and LinkedIn. And to listen to more such podcasts, log on to hdsmartcast.com. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.